0: Number. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Welcome to the second episode of uh, Three is a Magic Number, um, a series of interviews with inspiring individuals who will be sharing three bits of advice, three bits of music, art, photography or whatever they choose. Um, this episode our guest is Gene Chalkley Um, Highly regarded as one of the UK's best culture-based photographers, uh, the number one choice for major recording artists, record labels and clothing brands. Dean's known for his iconic shots of the likes of Jay-Z, Daft Punk, Amy Winehouse, Faithless, Tricky, Grace Jones and loads loads more on top of that. Um, As a fashion photographer, He's worked with the likes of Adidas, uh, Ray-Ban, Levi's, New Balance and Fred Perry. Um, He's been a main contributor to the likes of Vanity Fair, Dazed and Confused, uh, the Observer and the Sunday Times magazine. Um, Not only that, on top of that, he's published five photography books. I think I've got that number right. Um, He's held over 16 exhibitions um, and won countless awards including outstanding contribution to music photography and portrait photographer of the year. Um, The thing about Dean is music is a big part of everything he does. Um, So he's also a prolific radio club and festival DJ and a host and promoter of many of his own club nights. So welcome Dean. Great to have you on the show. Good to see you. Hello, hello. How are you doing? <laughs> um, so, Dean, you know, obviously weird times at the moment. We were talking about this when we were kind of, you know, prepping this interview last week. What, what have you been, you're obviously at home right now, um, which is probably turning into a bit of a, you know, makeshift prison. What, um, what, what have you been up to whilst you've been <laughs> on oh. lockdown?
1: Well, like, like for everybody, it's been uh, unprecedented times. Um, and, you know, we've just kind of shifted the gears, I think, is is the term. That, that's the term that I like to use. And so it's thinking, right, we have to do certain things in certain ways. And this is not normal behaviour. So what we're going to do is rethink the structure of everything. I've brought my stuff back home so I can function and then the sort of thought process and just getting through it you know is is a is a thing i mean everyone's frame of mind is different it's a significant moment in time mm-hmm. i mean there's so much you know quite frankly terror and mm-hmm. terrible things going on out there and um, and and really we, we've been told to um stay in and so that's what we have to do but that's not to say that we have to kind of be like really down on everything. We have to still lift ourselves up and that's why you know it was really nice that when when you sent us a message to ask us to do uh this interview. I thought, you know, in a way it's a bit like but is this frivolous or what? You know, yeah. I don't I don't want to be like upset anyone because there's so much, you know, stuff going on. But at the same time, it is actually really important to to look up and to go right, okay. Let's look for the good stuff. Let's still think how can we function? How can we improve things? How can we readjust ourselves and look into ourselves and around us and all what goes on? And it's a period of reflection and restructuring. Yeah. After this period, and I hope it will be like a small-ish period in the great scale, you know, after this period, we will have learned stuff that we, we then take on and we, um. We we apply for yeah. the future yeah. as well. Yeah. So, so, but but it's made me really reflect on things like you know things that I've done in the past, for example, mm. because because clearly you know I'm following I'm following the the rules. You know it's like right okay I'm not going out. I'm not I'm not going out. Firstly because of, you know everyone says stay in. You know you're not going to get uh, the stuff and all that. But at the same time you don't want to kind of pressure. Uh, the NHS, and you don't want to, mm. you know, if you fall if you fall over and break mm. your leg, that's another uh, space you're taking up. And things like this. So, so I'm I'm quite quite keen not not to not to kind of do all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, looking and think the the period up to now, which um, which has been a long time, you know, it's, it's a, a long a long time. But um, yeah, it's 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 still been really busy. So. There's stuff that I did before this period that people have fast forwarded all their deadlines, and they need stuff much faster. Right. They want to then present that stuff quicker than was originally anticipated. Yeah. And other things where where you know I'm kind of going back and looking back through the stuff I've done in the past and bringing stuff from that from those periods out and then sort of re-presenting them. Yeah. And but also looking at sort of things like structure, and it feels like all boring stuff, you know. But yeah, yeah. it's like you, you're you're kind of it's it's almost impossible to imagine how you you could function um, before this period with all the other layers on top of all that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Start thinking of what mm. you need to do as a as a kind of creative person. Yeah. So far as like. Um, you're living in the past, present, and future all at the same time yeah. on all different levels simultaneously. It's like you you kind of uh, accommodate that stuff. And as you grow as a creative person, I think you uh, it enables you to take on more and more things as yeah. it goes on.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so this is one thing that is the it's like a ladder sort of um, scenario the way I see it. It is like being a creative in a creative uh, world. It's like if you could see the extent that the ladder uh, expands into the future, you might not even take one step on that ladder because <laughs> it goes progressively higher and harder. But but step by step, you've just got to look at a few few rungs up, 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 and then yeah. that's what enables you to grow and become stronger, yeah. and stronger. But what I'm saying is in this period, there has been a shift of gears. It's almost like things have slowed down. You can sort of actually look at things like emails, for example, you know, they, sometimes we, we get like like 100 or 200 emails every day, it's like, mm. well, how, you're doing the thing as well, but now, yeah. very, very, very less, and so people can go, kind of uh, actually look, uh, they can think, they can mm. breathe, and yeah. they can hopefully um, resurface in a, in a sort
0: of uh, different way. So let, let's start with the photography first, um, because you know that 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 really is the thing. I guess that uh, well, you might you're probably you might not agree, but it, it's the it's the first thing probably you got you got known for. Yeah. Um, you know, not that getting known for something as a be all and end all. But how did you, how did you kind of? you know, because we met, we met years ago when we were sort of teenagers and stuff. And I, I don't think you were a photographer then. So what, how the hell did you get into photography? Well,
1: so it all goes back to, um, when I was, when I was at school, I was interested in, um, like I was into the mod scene, mod culture, clothes, music, that sort of thing. So that turned me on to a form of art and design. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like a fancy school that I went to. I won't go into too many details, but you know, it's a bit like when I left that school, I thought I wanted to be um, a fashion designer, even though I didn't really know what that meant. And I I studied uh, a thing called um, clothing craft. So it was like a city and guilds thing. So I I was starting to learn how to uh, construct clothes, be a tailor essentially. Um, And then it got to a point where i was like no i'm not going to i can't really do that you know it's, it takes too much money and so i got another job and i think it when when i first met you which was back in south End and i mean for those for the audience this is my, like this is where i switched the tables this is where i started yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like oh god
0: <laughs>
1: it was around the kind of i was i suppose the 1988 to 1990 one or two period where yeah. we first sort of like bumped into each other and stuff um but that was that was a, a period where I was really shift, shifting over i started to get into photography um it really is a hobby and th- and it goes back to that thing that you were saying about in this period people were starting to um uh, express themselves creatively like they might not have done ever before mm. there's nothing wrong with you could call it amateurism yeah. there's nothing with that that, yeah. is, that is great well that's, because... some,
0: that's something I really wanted to ask you is you know with photography um, d- d- what is more important the formal training or is there a natural ability can you learn it um, can you learn it just technically and be good or can you be really good without learning it at all or well, is it a combination of the two?
1: I'm gonna spin it round. <coughs> you can be ter- terrible if you've got great technical knowledge and you can be terrible Yeah if you- yeah. And so it's the it's yeah, the case it's like DJ. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it literally
1: it's yeah. it's so and this this is where it comes together really, it's so parallel with the with music, because it's like saying what makes a good photograph? It's like, well it's in it can it's in the eye of the beholder to to start off with really yeah. but it's like it can be a whole spectrum of different things. It's not like there's one holy grail elixir of uh, life and culture yeah. that, it, it, that makes a wonderful photograph. It's not at all. It's like what does it say is probably the closest thing you can get to it. What does it say? I mean, f- for me, I, you know, it has to be, it has to want to pull me in for whatever reason, and that can be that can be um, a multi-faceted thing as well. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be one particular thing, it could be a whole variety of different things. But it's got yeah. to reach some and actually even I'm saying this to you now. Some photographs don't reach out to the viewer even. They're the opposite. They almost push the viewer away. But yeah. they're successful photographs. So but you know it's it's hard to spot but once you once you kind of you when you when you see it, it's hard to define but when once you see it it's easy to Easy to
0: spot. spot. I mean, do you, do, you, do you know some? I mean, on the same point, really. Do you know? I mean, I'm sure you do. But do, do you know many photographers um, that you uh, you know have admiration for um, for their work and stuff that you know have had no training and they've literally just gone out and you know just roam the streets or wherever and just taken stuff. Got they've got the eye for it, or has everyone had a little bit of training somewhere along the line? Um I'm thinking about it. I mean Yeah, most
1: people I think most I think most people when they, they get a taste for it, they want to learn more about it. So um whether that means a formal education insofar as going to do a degree, yeah. Or whether it means assisting another photographer to understand the ways and whereforce and even maybe rejecting that and then going out and doing your own thing, mm. that you know that can give you a perspective in that way Mm. um because just continuing on from what we were saying before is that so i basically um gave up a job and then i went and did a degree at blackpool and i I studied there for three years but the whole course was actually mature students there was when they say when they say mature i mean i think i was um I think I was like 22 or 21 or something yeah. like that. That sort of age, maybe. Um, I might have been a bit older even. Um, but 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 most of the people in that course hadn't come from the school, college, um, higher education kind of route. Yeah. They had some sort of life experience in between. So they were all there doing something because they felt they they felt like magnetised yeah. towards. And, and and i think that it comes back to passion you've got mm. to you've got to be we well, don't have to because if it's like music if if it gets you you become very passionate about it and then you feel that is the thing that you really want to uh, pursue i think mm. and um, yeah uh, so so all, virtually i would say all virtually there's a few exceptions maybe about four exceptions on the course but most people had, had this um life experience and so we we all had this kind of appreciation of what we had as well, I think. Mm. And out of that course, there's still quite a few people that are in, in photography and sort of uh, filmmaking, etc. cetera, uh,
0: out of that. Okay, and so that works for them. That's, yeah, <laughs> interesting. In a variety
1: of different ways as well, because it's not like everyone's interested in the same thing. Um, so, so it's a case of following... Um, what interests you, yeah, and then you know, using the medium to kind of uh, express either it or your view of it because there is a dialogue, it's not the thing itself, it's not the accent, yeah. yeah, because it, it's it requ- requires the person who is taking the photograph or is or has conceived the idea because sometimes you can have it even have photography that is the photographer's not present. You know, but yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: but they've come up with the concept.
1: Yeah, and so, 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 um, so there's such a, a, a broad um, it comes back to that word spectrum again of uh, how you can do things, what people are interested in, and that's that's why when people say is photography competitive as a as a as a as an art form or mm-hmm. a, a place a place to be to live your life through, if you like, mm-hmm. it's like well. There's so many different facets to it, mm. and what I am interested in and I like is not what the person yeah.
0: means. Me so there's in. room, there's there's room for everybody if if they yeah. I mean, yeah. of
1: course, there's, there's there's still within that. There's still certain people that are interested in certain things, but it is like that old-fashioned Venn diagram, yeah. 1970s.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you oh, I love be- a Venn diagram. Yeah
1: yeah but yeah. that overlaps you know yeah. and it's like it's like going well okay you know i like this that and the other it's a bit like that a bit like that but at the same time we're unique yeah. as a as a as a musical artist this is my you know my proposition is totally unique to anyone else because it's this that and the other mm. and so that's to try and understand yourself
0: mm.
1: is in, is sort of important yeah. where you kind of fit within that as well your role because it also comes down to people's personalities yeah. when when they also engage with that because some people can be quite domineering or some people can be
0: totally almost
1: removed from the situation. Right. So it's how do you interact?
0: So do you like if you when you're because um, in, in a lot in a lot of uh, in a lot of um, uh, pastimes or professions or whatever. A lot of it is actually to do with your people skills and rapport and all of that. But in photography, but not if you're a painter, because if you're in a painter and you're painting in your room, you can actually just be as miserable as you like, but and be a bloody good painter on your own. So not not and if you're producing music at home, but then if you're producing music at home, you're probably going to get less people to listen to it if you're not engaging and there's not that kind of you know thing. Um, in photography, is it important that you have a rapport? with people I mean obviously I'm sure it is to get commissions and stuff like that because you're selling but when mm. you're actually doing physically the work is it really important that you have a rapport with people
1: well for, for me definitely mm. because when when we when we do something it feels like everything else outside of that doesn't really exist yeah. it's much yeah. more about this moment that we're in like a bubble Yeah, and then within that that's where we create this, um, you know, th- th- the result yeah. of, of this time that we're spending together. Oh, there, there are certain photographers; they don't even photograph people, so they might just they might yeah engage yeah <laughs> You with can't people.
0: have a rapport with a brick wall, I guess. Yeah, no. or but, fly but over. <laughs>
1: we're just going back to the um, the course at Blackpool. It, I mean, it was a it was a very good very good course at that time. It was a very, very good course, but there were certain—you—you you, you could almost tell by people's personality traits what sort of photography they were going to
0: yeah. get into. Yeah, you know, there were
1: c- certain people which were a bit more quiet, uh-huh. and they were still a more into still life photography. Okay, uh, you know, they—they they really <laughs> like the whole of their situation, and not exclusively because yeah. you know, there's obviously exceptions to that, but but so. So I think that's it comes back to that thing of trying to understand who you who you are. Yeah. And see how you fit into it and yeah. explore it. And it may or may not be right for you anyway. But you might even find that is a stepping stone to somewhere else. Like a lot of people at the moment are, you know, thinking, well, you know, film is is a is a place to be, yeah. And et cetera. I, I I think everything's everything is actually valid. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm
1: not I'm not a yeah. exclusive sort of person you know I think everything is valid but yeah. um, but but that's the thing so but going back to the question I, I I like to have a laugh as well I'm not like too cool I'm not a too cool for school person yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know I just I just want to understand about my subject yeah. and I want to engage with them and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like well let's just do some stuff you yeah, know? yeah. I, I, you want to do some stuff you know maybe well some some people don't like to be photographed and, and that's fine as well because you go well. I understand that as well, but I'm not here to make a, a a kind of hard situation. Let's just do something. What about this and how about that? And then before you know it, we're off on a you're off a, on a journey. And and I I couldn't predict what we're even going to do. To a large extent, that's not once again. There's so many so many different types of shoots. Some shoots are quite rigorous. We kind of almost I I kind of almost know where we need to go yeah. before we started the shoot, but. But generally, there's there's um, quite a high degree of improvisation, and sometimes I feel myself being a, a bit like I don't mind throwing myself on the bonfire of embarrassment. Yeah. So, who,
0: who's been your most challenging person to work with? The <laughs> I mean, next one. who <laughs> I is know. that? Sorry,
1: the next one. The next one. I oh, the next one.
0: <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I like that. You should be a politician. <laughs>
1: Actually, I know the next one's going to be in, and actually she's going to be brilliant, so that's not Okay, true. well, we won't, we won't ask any names. Uh, but, 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 go on. Go on. <laughs> yeah, no. Actually, we, it was like looking in a mirror then, but right? you and me did the same thing at the
0: same time. It's a generational thing. We're too polite. That's, that's <laughs> no, something. you go. No, you go. No, you go. <laughs> <laughs> we like never get through a door. Yeah, that, yeah. Right? Thanks. No, thanks. No, thanks. So, um... Let's talk about um, your influences. Um, I think that's always really interesting because, if, you know, uh, it's with a lot of creativity, it's about, you know, it comes from the heart, but also you see stuff and you go, oh, that's amazing. I don't know what it is, but I need to be in that world. You know, yeah. what, what, were, there, were there people that you saw from a, from a photography yeah. perspective that drew you in yeah. and, and really inspired you? Yeah, very much so. Um, there
1: was um, a group of photographers, they kind of called the New York School. and okay. So um, people like Diane Arbus, um, and Richard Avedon was part of that as well. Um, there were Lisette Model, another one. Um, I mean, a whole bunch of them. And when I, when I started to really look at photography, in the, in the first place. I was like, wow, the, these photographs just say something to me they're, they're, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing the life of the subject that is being photographed, but it's being done in a particular way that it's not just re- reality even, it's, it's a neo-reality because it's the photographer is, has clearly got something to say through this work. They are showing something that's the thing about photography. You yeah. are shunned, I think. Yeah. Um, but so, but the photographer is, um, is part of this process, um, and so. But the, but yeah, and then there was another photographer, which highly controversial photographer, called Joel Peter Witkin, mm-hmm. and I, I, sort of found his work, and this is. Probably, God for the younger viewers they're going to go sounds <laughs> like ancient, but this is this is sort of when the, when the internet was just emerging. I think yeah, don't you yeah, I yeah.
0: totally yeah, remember it. Yeah,
1: it, you know, and if you could see anything, it was on a sort of dial-up situation yeah. where. You, you, photographs were almost, were quite difficult to see even, you know. Well, it wasn't about
0: images then, was it? It was just about uh, mainly documents and stuff like that, so it was really hard, but you could see images, but it wasn't easy. You had to wait 20 minutes for them to load, <laughs> each so, one. And
1: so, so to find this, this photography that I'm talking about now is that it was tripped up to London mm. to see, uh, to go to the photographer's gallery, mm. um, and they had like a bookshop there, or To go to places like Foils, look in bookshops, but also South End Library. Yeah, fantastic. really library. fantastic. It, I mean, it's sort of uh, shifted now and everything, it's all a bit different. But what I'm saying is, at that point, that was really crucial. Um, I found this work of uh, Joel Peter Witkin, Andreas Serrano, and it really just blew my mind. I was like, wow, this is this is cr- crazy stuff, and then. I come across the work of these two guys, actually from South End. It turns out I didn't know at the time. Oh, really? Uh, they're called the Douglas Brothers, and I just loved what they were doing. And I would see their their stuff in magazines like um, like Arena, and, yeah. Um, this, which was for those who don't know, was like a magazine for a, a, a kind of you could say a man's magazine. Well, yeah, I don't what,
0: yeah, it's a bit like a GQ Esquire yeah. type thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't, you know, and so it it was. And but but uh, behind all that, there were magazines like ID and The Face mm-hmm. that were showing contemporary culture. Mm. Um, and but but just going back to the Douglas brothers, I just really really loved their. Tr- I didn't even know what it was. It was something that, that drew me to it. Mm. Uh, their tr- and as I as I came to know, it was like the treatment of photography, the the cameras that they used. They used ten eight cameras, which were oh, wow. big, large format ten eight Five four thirty five mil blurry I mean there was a legend Amazing. whether it's, whether it 's true or not, there was a legend that they they ended up doing like um, some advertising campaigns for things like Adidas and stuff, and they just went into the advertising agency with a bin bag and just ticked <laughs> on the floor you know fantastic that, i mean I 'm so happy to say, but years later, literally probably about t- two years ago um they there was a retrospective of their work and I just happened to go to the gallery and I met them
0: and it was amazing, amazing. so, so uh, oh so you didn't stalk them in South End. you didn't find out where they lived and turn up at their uh... that time they'd moved from Southend okay. they, yeah, they'd moved from South End. and so they were
1: up, up in London and doing stuff but uh, it was just like wow and and so even even now every, every now and then I'll, I'll send like an Instagram chat to Stuart Douglas, who's one of the, Stuart and Andy, who uh, yeah. the two. And, uh, but you know, it's just a funny thing that they actually come from South End as well. Yeah, yeah. amazing, South amazing. End. They studied at South End Tech, I wow. think, I, th- I think anyway. And uh, But but just as a little backstory to that, I went to a car boot sale once, and uh, there was loads of the photographs stuck onto a van.
0: Yeah, What's For sale? Yeah.
1: Amazing. And I was like, did you buy them all? I, well,
0: I bought a couple. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was it's a big long story that, you know, anyway, it, it's a it was a crazy thing, really. And, did you uh, did
0: you take a photo of all the photos on the van? Because that, that would have been a good shot. No, I was there to buy all the goodies at car
1: boots. <laughs> you know, at
0: the time at that time I was like, oh but
1: I, I mean I used to love those car boot sales way back in the nineteen eighties you could get such good things. Mm. But 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 so so, at the beginning of my interest into photography, I, I just realized how the camera itself could enable me, like those photographers from the New York School, those ones that were getting into into exploring for themselves the bigger world yeah. that I found interesting that was around them. Mm. I, I then started to use the camera for that reason as well, and so I found myself, uh, I, I came... Okay, so I photographed a guy who was a, a a skinhead in South End, a guy called Rico, and then before, before I knew it, he told me that he was a guardian angel, Yeah, and he would be on the tubes in London, so I came All right. up, I went around with them. Wow. And so it just, it's, it kind of said to me that it's like, um, this is my, almost like a passport to explore culture.
0: Yeah yeah brilliant so look on on that one i mean there's some amazing references in there i'm gonna i'm gonna put i mean this is one of the things about these interviews i'm going to ask a number of questions which they're they're completely really unfair really you know the whole sort of what's your favorite what's your favorite you know and, and as everybody knows you can't really have a favorite film music book record book no. or whatever, but, but we're going to have to, we're going to, we're going to ask you for one. So what is your, um, you know, sticking with influences, what is your all time favorite photograph other than the ones that you've taken your, your all time favorite image and, and, um, you know, we'll take a look at it, look at it and then find out why really, or if you could just tell us why. Well, as you say, it's a totally unfair question. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Sorry yeah, about that. I, I, I don't think in you know, those sort of hierarchical senses. And of course, you know, when when that question comes across, you, my mind explodes with all the great images throughout history, whether it's the Bar Kingdom Brunel by the big chains, you know, whether it's uh, Corrine Day's fashion photographs, yeah. whether it's... But yeah, so, so the photograph that I would um, pick would would be a photograph called uh, crossing the ohio uh, by a photographer called Danny Lyon. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know it is a, it is an unfair question because you know, there's so there's so many more photographs and when i wake up tomorrow morning i'm going to think oh yeah i should have said this other one and of course yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but if push comes to shove i would say this picture because to me it It sort of uh, represents a a rebellious nature. It's got a freeness to it. It shows culture. It's, there's a structure to it as well. It's almost a constructivist thing with all these bridges in the background. The the motion, the dynamic nature of the the motorcyclist um, crossing this bridge. Um, So Danny Lyon photographed this photograph from another motorbike
0: at the same time.
1: he um, joined uh, the Outlaws uh, motorcycle club, and I think he was with them for about uh, four uh, four years. And he photographed them throughout that entire period. He lived and breathed it. I mean, he he had a motorbike before that. It's not like he had gone today. I will be a motorcyclist. Yeah, yeah. he he did his whole series called Bike Riding, and it's um yeah I mean it's a great series and it really shows the motorcycle club culture Uh, and I don't think up to that point I don't think it had been done like that before Mm, of course probably something like um, I don't know when Rebel without a uh, sorry when um, the Wild One came out I don't know when I can't remember when that film came out it would have been several years before but as a as a photographic essay, I don't think it had been done like this before and presented as a still image and that's the power of a still image. Mm. It's different to film. You know, film is sometimes a little bit like um, sugar. Mm. So far as it's like, oh, there's all this stuff happening. da mm. Five minutes later you go, what was the thing? It's like,
0: uh, it's gone. Yeah.
1: I can't remember it. Yeah. At all.
0: yeah.
1: Um, whereas the photograph when you stand in front of the photograph or you hold it, or even on your phone, I'm not saying anything is less important than anything mm. else, yeah. different, but, but not less important. But when you when you look at it, you can think about it and you can start reading stuff into that. Now, whether that's what the creator of that photograph at the
0: time meant is a question. It's in the once, eye of the beholder then, isn't it? Yeah, really, it is, the, the viewer. It's also
1: how, how deep you want to plunge into it yeah. as well. You might yeah. just go... Well, it's actually just a really nice picture of a bloke on a motorbike. Yeah, That's all yeah. You know, but, but for me, when I look at it, I think, "But look at his hair! Mm. Look, you know, look at the shine." The, the motorbike is is really it's a beautiful thing, mm. and the, mm. the composition is is wonderful, and it's got this feeling of energy and the mm. dynamic. And it says it says so much, and mm. that, but that whole series. There's some other pictures in there which I, I, I'm going to say within this period that we've been through, uh, Magnum. Uh, Magnum is a, a photographic agency that, um, legendarily has had um, some brilliant photographers in, on its roster. You know, it's sort of a, 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 an organisation of the, mm. like amazing photographers.
0: Yeah.
1: Danny Lyon being one of those photographers. Oh, okay. And uh, in this period, they released uh, this thing where you could actually um, you could actually buy a six-inch square picture. Of a whole variety of different photographers, and it was just a time period. Uh, you know, I can't remember how long, but that you know, you could actually buy. And then after that period, they won't be available anymore, like that. So that's the edition. Do you know? What ah, I mean? okay. Yeah? so like a collage. No, no, no. So, so they're individual images from lots of different photographers, and you can yeah. buy whichever one you want. Oh, okay. Or you could buy a whole box of them, but but what I'm saying is that uh, Danny Lyon. Released one of his bike rider ones as part of that, and so I just couldn't resist it. So I had to. (laughs) So I'm glad you did. (laughs) Hopefully, it's winging its way from America or something. Oh, you haven't
0: got it yet? It's on its way.
1: Yeah, because what what they would do, you know, it um, it, you know, it'd be printed, he's signed, he's signed, you know, um, and then sent. But they do it. They've only they did it uh, last year, um, and. It's always a different set of work that yeah. is available and, and things. Yeah. But it was, to me, it was
0: just a, a real. Like, it's a lovely wow. shot. No, I, I totally get everything you said about the shot. Really good choice. Yeah, but 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 the one that I bought isn't that one. It's okay. one of it's one of the series. Yeah, but I'm just saying. I, that, I did look at the other ones um, after we spoke the other day. You know, before yeah. uh, when we spoke about this interview, and um, you know, there's some ama there's an amazing collection of shots in there. Really, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, really great but that one that one's definitely the winner
1: yeah i mean if anyone's interested at all definitely go and check out magnum um you know magnum if you just put magnum yeah. photography yeah yeah it'll come search. up search i mean there's so much great stuff i mean i think you know martin parr is one of the photographers there yeah. as well yeah he was one of the a, a color photographer from the, from the uk yeah
0: he's
1: uh, you know, who, prolific as well he's he's part of magnum it's a it's a it's a very good thing i definitely recommend people go and have a look i think exploring
0: yeah yeah well I, i was going to ask you about another photo i mean i was going to as you know ask you about your favorite image that you've taken which is that's again that's a really unfair question to ask uh you know an artist or whatever what their favorite piece is for obvious reasons um because the answer might sound to the person giving it a bit egotistical although it's not you know but um but you said no i'm not going to answer that you you need to tell me yours and i thought well it's this is more about you but i'm gonna i'm gonna do it now anyway and it's and, not and it's not it's not a, it's not a um because i looked at all of your ibiza images and we're going to talk about ibiza in a bit and there's some amazing stuff there a very kind of um documentary-based images of what was going on at the time when you were there in the late 80s, 90s. I think I got that right. Um, and then uh, I looked at a lot of your other you know, stuff that you've done over the years and the, the drag racing stuff I really like. Um, I think that's fantastic. But actually, the, the my, my favourite image you're show it to for
1: me because I might forget what is. So I'm
0: going to show it. No, no, and you won't because it's on your it's on your website. And if anyone wants to see Dean's images, they're all on his on his, on his website if you just Google Dean Chalkley. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff on there and they're all amazing. But it's the Daft Punk image. Um, and, you know, the reason I like that one is, I mean, it's obviously very heavily styled before, you know, before the sh- shoot took place, I would guess, in terms of the sequin jackets and you know, yeah. the, the masks and everything, but from a photography perspective, I think, I mean, personally, I'm really into photography where it, to me, it's about the light and the reflection of light. And, and I'm really into the, the reflection of, you know, those kind of really strong colors, like mauves, pinks, um, uh, and that kind of thing. And, yeah. um, I just think that, that, that you've got the reflection of the different lights on the sequins on the helmets. And it just works really well, and, what it, and also the way they're standing, the way you've made them stand, you know, not looking at each other, but one looking that way, one looking that way. And it really, it just totally captures, perfectly, perfectly captures what their music's about, which, is, which I would guess is the art of good music artist, photography, you look at that image, and if you hadn't heard the record, you'd probably go, I bet they're an electronic act making a kind of disco-y sound, which is exactly what they were doing. You know, it, it was like modern electro-disco. And uh, But, you, you, but you, you know, if I showed that to, you know, my mum, who doesn't even know who they are, she'd go, oh, yeah, it's probably like some electronic disco band, isn't it? it? You just got it. You just nailed it with that, I think. So, you know, that, 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 that's, that's my... That's, Matt, uh...
1: you've explained it so well. I mean, I've got nothing. Else to... I have all the pictures in the whole of the world, and you've picked one of them. Which now this is the fun bit that I signed a non-disclosure agreement. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> so I can't tell you anything about it. But what? You no, said... no. But Dean, non-disclosure well, no. agreements have a limited time. Surely, surely that's expired <laughs> now, and you can. So let
1: the dogs off the leash. But, so, so, but, but the inter- what well, the interesting thing about, I mean. I'm so glad you picked that picture, because I, I do, you see, I can I can totally reflect on that. It's like, I, I do love that picture, and um, I photographed them before that as well. Oh, yeah, okay. I, phot- I photographed them before anyone had really seen the um, robotic heads. Right, okay. You'll notice that there's been an evolution of those heads through yeah, time. Yeah, well. yeah. And... Because it was the-
0: dark suits to start with, wasn't it? Dark suits and black yeah. suits and yeah well when so i, I the first time i photographed
1: um Daft punk is i went to uh, paris and no one had ever seen those heads including me right and so when i got to the studio um and i, I think it was i think it was um thomas Beltane's, uh birthday or Guy's birthday it was definitely right. someone's birthday yeah a cake, and they bury a, a coin in the cake. It was it was super okay, cool. cool, cool. <laughs> break all your teeth! <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. But anyway, um that's like when I saw the his, I was like, "Whoa!" Because I had no imagine. I just didn't know what to expect at all. I'm like, "Wow!" And so to light something like that requires uh, quite a lot of thought, mm. because you don't really necessarily want to put a light directly onto like a shiny surface like that, because you mm-hmm. get things called specular highlights and all yeah. that And so, 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 bearing in mind, it was like, you know, I was there, and I had to, you know, right, right, okay, what am i going to do with this, I'm going to think of this in terms of, it's like a car, so I'm not going to put a, a, a light directly onto it, I'm going to yeah. allow the light to wrap around and show all the things. Um, but so, uh, but just going back to, to that, that second shoot, yeah, I mean, I love, I do love that shoot and do you know what those uh those robots are fantastic to work with (laughs) underneath that they're all robotic and all all full of wires and everything (laughs) it's just loads of robots I mean they are
0: were they they were they nice guys to work with were they were they they, you know
1: if I hadn't signed a non-disclosure agreement I could Uh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, oh okay all right i'm way. not
1: going to push you anymore on that put it this way, you couldn't get two nicer robots than that so, <laughs> as robots go <laughs> very, very very warm and uh very warm and incredibly creative uh entities yeah stop i mean yeah we haven't we haven't seen the last of what they're no you know, no no That's totally true. in any sort yeah, of way yeah. that is a, that is a trajectory that is going to extend way into the future. And yeah. I can't wait for it. I just love their stuff. And yeah. you would have seen that film documentary on them. Um, wouldn't you have, you know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, it, uh, that's excellent. Um, yeah. And tells their history and,
0: um, I mean, fan- fantastic!
1: But I'm so glad that you explained that photograph. because <laughs> did, I didn't have to say anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I'd do the work for you. For, well, <laughs> give you a little bit of a break. And, uh, that's the Russian roulette of uh, yeah. uh, someone picking your own photograph, <laughs> you, or a photograph of yours. Nice exactly. So, um, I mean, on that one, let's 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 move on to, to music now because um, I, you know, didn't want to give the impression to people watching this that it's all about photography. Um, You know, you you make a thing of this on your website quite rightly that, you know, you everything, uh, music's at the centre of everything you do. You know, you're not just a photographer, you're, you're, uh, you're obsessed with culture. And obviously music is a big part of culture, but probably music is the thing that runs literally through all of your, all of your kind of, you, you know, your work and your, your free time. So, I mean, it's a bit of a weird question how did you get into music? You don't get into music it gets into you. But what 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 was your musical evolution from um you know talk 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 us through the sort of early days and yeah. how you got obsessed with music.
1: Well well definitely it was it started off around um probably when I was about 11 years old I suppose is when I started to get the notion of you know music around me and, and you, know, you know yourself that south end it's so south end the, the place where I uh, grew up, there was, at the time, it was very, um, there's lots of subcultures knocking around. There would have been skinheads, there would have been greasers, uh, mods, punks, goths. There was so, it was very fractured and everyone had their own sort of music, own sort of haircuts. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and, and But everyone really was very passionate about what they felt expressed them and, and everyone was kind of, um, felt like, Looking for indi- being individuals, but there was a collective uh, individuality as well. So, so I started to become a, very aware of all that, and I definitely started to get into the the mod scene, and got to see um, a copy of um, Quadrophenia, and there was a book by a guy, a, a, an author called Richard Barnes, called Mods, which was a perfect accompaniment to the film Quadrophenia, yeah. and that was a book, and I've still got my original copy of that book, Mods, that was passed around the school, and it's all, all the pages have fallen out now, but I've still got, I've still got it. I've got another one as well.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Uh,
1: you know, I've actually got it down here. i brought it along, because I thought, I bet we're going to talk,
0: talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, let's have a look. Oh, brilliant. It's that, and yeah. this version, this, look, all the pages are intact. Yeah, um, so that's a reissue, is it, that you can buy now?
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 And and originally it came out on Pai Publishing, which was uh, Pete Townsend's book.
0: Yeah, from Pai uh, Island, uh, where they uh, were. That's the, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and so so remember, so Quadrophenia was released in I think nineteen you know, seventy nine, and that book sort of accompanied it. So it got it gave me something very physical to look at, looking at clothes, looking at music, and all, all that sort of thing. So I really started to get into. Probably the more obvious sort of stuff in the first place. Um but then I really just got really got into it and I'd be going to school with like a cravat on and all this. <laughs> so, but my school is not like uh, a, a kind of a inverted commas, posh school. It was a it was a, a school called
0: Fairfax High School for boys. Yeah. I don't and, think there were any posh schools in southampton uh, were there? rough, <laughs> man.
1: But but that's okay. That's good. And and so uh, but but uh, all around us, you know, there was all sort of um, on the streets, there were people driving around on scooters and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, it was really all part of that. So I got into the whole mod thing, but, but then I started to find music, whether that would be ska music, rhythm and blues, soul, pop, pa- you know, power pop, beat music. And then I started to get into jazz and then like uh, things like rare groove music and then that... Mm that's that's then you know obviously it's it's over a period of time but i kind of evolved into appreciating these these clubs like uh, chester there's a club at uh, chesters that would play uh, rare groove music with a sprinkling of hip hop which is all new and yeah music, yeah and it was there's DJs like gary dennis Horace, uh, norman j people like this would all be fusing this stuff that Giles Peterson, or fusing it all together yeah. and thinking, oh my God, it all makes sense. Yeah. Music is transporting me to mentally yeah. a place. And that
0: was hand in hand with me feeling like I was moving as well. You know? yeah. Well, every no- every night at Chester's was basically a night of discovery. I mean, we were listening to... Because I used to go there as well, as you know, and you were listening to records that were, you know, a lot of them were made before we were born. <laughs> you know, some of the early King stuff, and um, but they but you sounded like you were listening to the most revolutionary contemporary music you'd ever heard, and yeah. and and it, it it was a it was a bit of a while before we knew how old those records were, yeah. and um, and it was just before that before you know because that was just pre the house explosion and um, but that was a revolution. i mean house music was obviously massively revolutionary but that little thing that went on there was massively revolutionary as well it just got mass it just got hugely overshadowed by you know house music um, afterwards but yeah
1: yeah but the thing is obviously, obviously there's different
0: uh, levels of
1: production that kind of give away time periods mm. but when but when you hear a a track for the first time it's new to you Mm, and that's that's it, you know, like, so, you you know, even now, like, now I'm finding stuff that is 40, 30, 40, 50 years old, 60 years old, that I've
0: heard before, people are still digging
1: stuff up, you know, but but reframing it, bearing in mind that, that that Club Chester's, that would have been, there was another one called the Chicken Shack, there was another one, um, uh, what was the one on the seafront? Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, High society. High society. Yeah, yeah. And so, so all of that sort of stuff, all all moving together, all with like young people. We're not talking about a, a club with old people in it. This is young people mm. refining and defining themselves. There's the power of retrospect is an easy thing going. Oh, it went like this, this and this. Mm-hmm. But of course, it was you know you'd have like. Uh, Jar Shaka would also be turning up in town, and yeah. to be like an element. Elements of this be like later on, a little bit later on, people like Alex Patz and the Orb, you know, things like mm. this, mm. fusing all that stuff together mm. on new sound system, mm. changing it, and like Italio House, and that's where we are talking, starting to yeah. talk, yeah. yeah <laughs> <and> shop <laughs> with Alan Tag that I used to go down to and buy records, and whatever you put on a re- turntable, I was thinking. It works so well, I need that record. <laughs> so, you know, so, I mean, you've probably got a totally different um, imagination of how that shot was to me. But when I when I went in there, it was like, wow, this is this is part of the journey. This is exploring through music. I might have heard that track out, uh, but then again, I might not have. You know, and you might be saying, oh, have you heard this before? And introducing you know, you're you're curating. It was a highly curated um, yeah. experience to go, to, to go into a record shop, as it still is. And I go to a lot of record shops still, and I really love that when the person who runs the record shop says, have you heard this? And you go, no. And I go, oh. Or or you kind of grab a whole bunch of records and put them on, and you go, oh, my God, it's, I, there's a record shop near me called Allen's Records, and I love doing that. On a Sunday, I'll go up there, and, you know, there's a deck and whatever, and <clears throat> just roll through some stuff and you're still exploring your
0: you're, yeah. you're
1: expanding your knowledge and...
0: and I, I, oh, look, I, you're, I mean, because you're, you're, you're sorry, but you're, you're buying a lot of music still, aren't you? I mean, you're, 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 you're an avid collector because you, you're DJing everywhere. I mean, you DJ a lot of corporate things like, uh, I think you played at uh, the Ben Sherman party. Uh, you play at Red Rooster. Um, you've got your own nights. You do stuff with Eddie Pillar. You've got a show on um, Totally Wide Radio. Um, you know you're, you're you're out there all the time. Um, I, I when I last saw you, you know you had a really impressively. Um, Neat and tidy, huge box of seven-inch singles. You know, everything was like not like my records, which are all over the place. Yeah, that was the one. That's a small version. Yeah, that's a nice box. And so, what is? So, I wanted to lump two questions into one. But what are you listening to now? Mm. And and I'm always quite interested. Hopefully, other people are um in what, do you have a bit of a method for buying music because you know obviously you've got um online stores where you can download stuff you've got stuff like alan's records where you can go in there in the afternoon and spend a lot of time there you've got the mail order companies where you can go through their lists and order northern soul stuff you can drive down to gary dennis's shop in essex or you can you know go to another shop or i mean the problem with buying music is you've got, you don't have to have a system, but I think it helps because it's all about not missing out on that golden opportunity of a record. So what are you are listening to and what's your system for buying music?
1: Well, uh, I mean, this this period that we, we are within um, illustrates how crazy contrast it is. So one minute I'll be listening, like just before uh, we were doing this thing, I was listening to a Chris Bangs a mix that was from, um, you know, one of his clubs way back. What was it? Let's have a look. Like a special branch. Oh, brilliant. Of.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, that would have been Chris Bangs, Pete Tong, Johnny now. Walker, Giles Peterson, it, exactly. maybe Judge Jules now again, all on the same bill. Yeah. So he's like, so how good is that? And, and you know, um,
1: so so listening to all that, but then. But then I'll just turn on... There's another band I'm really keen on. Uh, they're from... Well, they're, they're kind of based in Sheffield, sort of loosely based in Sheffield, but they're called uh, Cog and the Zongo Brigade. You know, and they're like Afrobeat. <laughs> contemporary. Yeah. And check their stuff out. It's just berserk. And Koji Radical, you know. So uh, then... But then I'll listen to uh, Ammo and the Sniffers. I've been listening to that band, which are... Like they're from Australia, yeah. Uh, currently, me and a, a friend of mine, uh, we're chatting about doing a, a project that revol- revolves around uh the kind of Sharpie uh scene that was out back in um Australia and whatnot. And but anyway, just just then sort of that t- talks about that, then going into uh that band like Animal and Sniffers, and so that's that's a real sort of trashy, guitar shouty version of stuff so the method is is to think of things I suppose in terms of got to be a bit careful because I just like so much stuff yeah I, I don't have to own it all mm. you know that's mm. really there's certain things that I really do love I mean I do love um, seven inch singles I do, I do love the albums I love the physicality of them I love um, almost the unique um, character of them, even sometimes if it's got scratch on it, something it's like that's kind of unique. I mean, it is yeah. what, it is, you know. But, but that's not to say that I also don't love listening to Spotify, and mm. I, 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 I love listening to, um, you know, mixes <laughs> like house mixes yeah. and stuff. Of course, that's not that's not physical. It's not a physical entity in, in any way. Yeah. But things like Spotify things like other radio shows. I listen to loads of radio shows, like WFMU. Yeah. Uh, out of New York. There's What's a guy that? called... Well, go, he goes under the name of Dwayne Train. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I love
0: brilliant. him already. <laughs> yeah,
1: Dwayne Harriet. Oh, Harriet and a uh, amazing like, choice. So it will swing from um, some obscure uh, um, Nina Simone track, and then before you know it, you're in the Paradise Garage. Yeah, you, I imagine... If you're watching this, Dwayne, you probably know how you are, but I imagine you're on roller skates going on, <laughs> like with head, big headphones on. <laughs> Amazing. Like, he's, he's great. And then there's another show on the the downtown uh, downtown Soulville with Mr. Fine Wine. Totally different <laughs> music. It's Soul 45. So he's been doing it for... Well, they've uh, na- they've nailed it on
0: the names over there, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. But
1: he's been like 20 years and he archives all the shows and they are... He's got an incredible... Collection. Um, yeah. So, so I suppose answering the question, I I, I have to be a bit careful because
0: g- given given the opportunity, I'd just love to have a whole house full of records. Um, what, what's but, your what's your um, music-wise? What's your worst guilty pleasure, song-wise? Yeah.
1: <laughs> worst guilty pleasure.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm, well I'm just going to reach down here and see if I can find. We're not going to play it, but I just. I already, I wanted, you know, it's it's almost like saying what's the most embarrassing moment of your life, <laughs> but what's your guilty pleasure?
1: Oh man, I've got any guilty pleasures because I'm oh, okay. about everything. I mean, I I love it, <laughs> I love it all. Um, I'm, well, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a big um, Fleetwood Mac fan, to be fair. Okay. okay. <laughs> Amanda, Amanda's in the other room. she's just gasped. <laughs> the biggest Fleetwood Mac fan of all time. <laughs> um, she's just literally gasped. But I have to say. In all honesty, I don't actually. Don't tell Amanda. But I don't really mind Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, that's all right. That's, that's,
0: well, let, let's let's. Um, I mean, I, I asked this um, in the last interview I did. What, what name a track that? Um, and, and we're going to play this one as well. So, name a track that uh, really influenced your your taste in music, like a defining moment track for you. Right.
1: Well. Now, I've, do you know what I've got to look at this because I always get the I always get a man wrong way. I always want to say it totally ran the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's any any why, anyhow anywhere yeah.
0: right.
1: And it's by the who. Um, do you know what? We're, so so it's it's an interesting one. This because listening to this this record, it it it's like a call to arms in a way. It's like right. You can do whatever you want to do. This, so when I heard this as a kid, it's like it, it gives you strength to think, mm. right? I can do this. Yeah. I don't. I, I, it's all against me, but I can do it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Now, now, the, 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 uh, there is an irony here, though, particularly as the, the period in which we're listening to it now is a period where we're locked down, so we can't go. Anywhere. Mm. You know, so, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It now so,
0: renames some places. Some. <laughs> but,
1: but you know what? No. But I thought I have thought about this. I've thought about this because it's like it is totally relevant. Because when when you um, when you think about this this song, and you listen to this track, there's the first bit that you're saying, right? I can do this thing. I can do this thing. Da 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 da. And then halfway through, there's all this chaos and crazy shit going on. Wow, and then out the other side of it, it's like I can do it. <laughs> and so it's totally. Well. I love that. It, you know, so so it has to be that one. It, this, it's a really I, okay. So this, this the Who are, are uh, a band that are synonymous with mod, the mod culture, and um, all that goes with that. But it's also like punk in its um, DIY feel. It's like energy,
0: not taking... It's, it's basically not taking no for an answer. Yeah. You
1: know, I,
0: th- I think the- there was another level to them as well, wasn't there? Because they were, you know, yes, punk, modern, all that, but also they were very poetic. And they, you know, back then when you'd, you used to buy a single and take it home and, you know, just play it endlessly, they spoke to a certain demographic directly, like, yeah. i.e. a certain age of mainly male to be honest but they spoke to you know young teenage uh boys who were probably just you know at that time sitting in their badly painted magnolia bedrooms you know looking at uh, not a very nice view um and they spoke and basically they just directly got into their heads yeah um so yeah it's great track
1: well well, um also it does appear in in the film quadrophenia oh does it and it's and it's where the, the scene is basically, the main character Jimmy goes into his He's uh, in his mum and he's in his house. Mum and Dad are there, and on the, the TV program, this is within the film. You know, it's, it's yeah, a, yeah. But the the on the screen comes the Who doing this from a recording of a a, a show called Ready Steady Go. Go, yeah, yeah. And Amazing. so basically, Jimmy's there, and he's you know he's like, going, I love this, and the mum and Dad are going what's this roll rubbish? <laughs> because they don't get it. Yeah. And, uh, but he's like, no, they're really good. You
0: know, and so... Well, let's have a listen to it. Yeah, so listen. we're going to play it now. Bang. Okay so uh, yeah great track and also one of the things I was reading about that track the other day is that it was one of the first tracks that used um the reverb guitar effect ah so right, full yes. full of reverb full of reverb yeah. and then that yeah. was that was a big thing after that wasn't it um yeah. so all right brilliant yeah thanks for that um so just taking it a bit back to photography a bit um i mean let's start talking about your 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 djing a bit more um is there, is there any sort of photography skills that you think have helped you um, become a DJ? Because, you know, you're a good DJ, you get booked a lot. So, you know, there's something going on there. And is it, <laughs> and you've got a great record collection. Is it, you know, do you think your photography has helped with that in some yeah, transferable
1: well, way? Be- because it all comes back to part of the whole. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just saying, well, these are the things that I like and so consequently this is the sort of music that reflects that and is part of me and I want to express that within a dj set and kind of almost evangelically kind of um show people or allow you know let people hear this stuff mm. in in that scene i mean a, a lot of the clubs that um i've done in the past and dj at it is a bit like you are in a, not necessarily a crowd that um, are partisan to that music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some some are, you know, lots are, but 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 also lots aren't. And so you're playing music that people are not actually familiar with, and it's out. It could even be out of their entire frame of reference. So you know, I've had someone come up to us going, "Oh, what's this track?" And you go, well, "This is
0: this is James Brown." This is, this.
1: What even is it? I don't even know
0: what it <laughs> know the, what what is yeah. the, you what call it? it what genre is it what yeah okay.
1: so but they love it, and so so um so I suppose what it is is just going, well, I don't wanna be like jack of all trades and just give people exactly what they want. I don't want to spe- spoon feed people mediocrity, yeah because i, I could probably you know like any so sort of anyone could do that you, yeah. you, What you've got to do is just go this is this is what i like and i think you're going to like it i I think you're going to like this
0: yeah
1: free your mind and and i just really hope that people still continue to uh have open minds because when we were talking about those clubs like chester's um high society and all the rest um every i think virtually every club that i really love the, the, the memory of and still to this day love going to because I do love going to dance and go to clubs as well I enjoy it um, it's, it's generally full of music that I've not heard before mm, where some people mm. just hear what they know yeah. do you know what I'm not really if if people have got that absolute frame of mind like no I only want to hear exactly what I know mm. it's like oh that's a bit boring because yeah. that's you know um what we were into were we were going out to hear stuff we didn't know to expand our minds yeah and in a musical sense and with that came a culture that was attached to it a progressive culture whether yeah.
0: that's Sid house it was I mean. an education wasn't it really yeah. it was an education and you went further up the cultural yeah you know and, and you and there were there were limited outlets so you had to go and find cool. it yeah yeah but but even but even today you know virtually everything is
1: available online you can listen to things there's youtube etc etc but 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 if you get into a club and you place this music loud with a with a group of people there enjoying it it's a wonderful feeling it really is like a kind of you know religious experience yeah yeah it is you know yeah. there's a collective of people having a good time it's yeah.
0: positive so what's uh, what's so when you're what's um I, again I, this is a question I asked in the last interview what, what record when you're what, what's your kind of go to get me out of trouble record when you're playing but also what's the record you play the most you know the one that's kind of you're wearing out the grooves on the oh. on, 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 on the 7 inch uh, yeah. you know your most played record your go to record
1: wow um, well it does change I, I don't yeah. want to wear the grooves out <laughs>
0: <laughs> you'll have to
1: buy another one yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I do love the the, the track that I like um, is by Wade Wade Flemons, yeah. uh track called Jeanette. Is really it wraps up, you know, from a kind of nor- northern soul uh, aspect. I, I really love this sound. Yeah, okay. I, really,
0: I do really love that sound. Let's give this a spin then. This one give it a spin see what you think and, and I've heard you don't really want to have to be going out and buying a second copy of this it's not exactly cheap is it it's, <laughs> it's not cheap one. I mean we're going into four figures aren't we on this one I think we're at the top <laughs> end of four figures god ok so here we go i <laughs>
1: I'm
0: great great track right so um dean we' we're, we're kind of um we've got a bit more time okay. um so let let's move on to let, let let's get let's get sort of down and dirty now and move on to ibetha um, oh. <laughs> so um uh, you spent i uh, someone's told me that you went to Ibiza twenty six times so i I thought I'd been there quite a lot and um but i think twenty six times is I'm I'm saying that's 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 a hell of a lot, <laughs> and it was in a short space of time. I hear so. Come and tell us about the what what how that what the story was there and what you know what that was all about.
1: Well, so it started off where um, I I was doing some stuff for Dazed and Confused, and I met um, a lady that was working there, Paola Camino, uh, and she was uh, helping ranking. You know the photographer ranking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So, she was helping him with a project in Italy, Um, then uh, we got chatting, I also um, added into this, uh, it was a magazine called Provate, and I did a a shop for it, um, because I used to do some stuff for Dazed and Confused at that time, Um, anyway, Paola then went to Mixmag, Uh, she was the picture editor there, and at the time there was a guy called Don Phillips, Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. Don Phillips. Yeah. Um, he he was the first. I mean, the first thing I ever did uh, for Mixmag, I think, was uh, go to Iceland with Don Phillips.
0: Was that that was with uh, Wall of Sound and the Propellerheads, wasn't it? Propellerheads. Yeah. that's Right. Yeah. And it was
1: a brilliant trip. I mean, it was fantastic. I,
0: I I've been to Iceland with uh, Wall of Sound, and I know what those trips are like. <laughs> we ended up around Bjork's house. Did you? She, know,
1: at six o'clock in the morning knocking on the door and going yeah. in to our house, you know. <laughs> absolutely absurd. We went on an elf hunt, uh, anyway, to find the elves.
0: Yeah, uh, did you find them? Uh,
1: not really, but we saw <laughs> piles of rocks which kind of represent where they live and they build roads around them, it's wonderful. Yeah. The One of my favorite places in the world, I would say, is Iceland, actually, mm. really. Mm. But anyway, so, so. but then Don um, left and there was another guy, Neil Stevenson, became the editor. At that at that period, and they had this. Um, they wanted to kind of reflect what was going on in Ibiza. So it was actually, I think it was like
0: 1998,
1: okay, uh, which was it was uh, that okay. yeah, of yeah. Nin- yeah, course, yeah, yeah. And so, so they they asked if I'd go out. Um, Neil, Neil said, you know, would you like go out there with the journalist? And so I went out with the journalist. And after about two days journalist disappeared and of course he did
0: <laughs> to this day i've never actually seen him ever fantastic and that so, is such an ibiza story <laughs> so,
1: so so the thing is so i was like well, what's what's going on i mean um, what should i do so so i contacted neil and i was like well, do and so he said right i'm going to come out so he came out with his girlfriend and they were like oh do you know what why don't you just stay out, stay out for a bit, and just carry on shooting as much as you can? And so I was like, okay. So the trip that was meant to be something like five days turned into about fifteen days or something. And I came back, and I'd taken a particular camera out there as well, actually, which was a medium format camera. So it, the photographs that I was getting were unlike anyone else that was there because they were highly color, high color, oh, great, and you could use them as like big pictures mm. were you know, uh, in clubs mm. as well as wherever. And I and I looked at it in terms of thinking of it in a documentary sense rather than just going, I'm a club photographer, I'm just going to go to a club. Yeah. It's like, is it about this thing? And there was no, basic Neil said, stay out of here, shoot as much as you can. And so, so I did that and but that's a hard brief because there's no limit to it. It's not like going, oh, meet so and so there at 2 o'clock and then by 3 you're finished. Mm. You're just going to – and there's stuff in Ibiza going on 24 hours a day. Yeah. And so, And I was learning what was going on. And so, uh, yeah, so basically I came back and they were like, whoa. And they made a 30-page feature out of those books. Wow. They, they actually won awards. And there was a guy called Mark Ellen who's a, a um, publishing – very big publishing guy, he used to be, you know, a re- reporter, journalist as well. Yeah. Um, and, and him and Neil sort of got together on that and they, they yeah, they won uh, sort of awards for that um, particular um, publication and then they were like, right, okay, we want you to go back. Do you want to go back? And so I was like, yeah, okay. And so I just kept going back and back and special missions And but with Amazing. hard, maybe there was like, okay, could you go for a week but there's one shoot if you could go to Pike's and photograph Tony Pike, yeah, uh, okay. But then the rest of it, just get as much as you can, and so that's what I did. Um, and, uh, and I guess
0: in, the, in those times, you weren't back. I don't know. Back then, I guess you weren't going back to your accommodation, your hotel or your villa or whatever, and doing what people would do now. You know, getting the MacBook out, and starting to starting to you know, cull the ones you don't like and edit. Did you, you did you not know what you're taking until you got home, other than look oh, on the exactly yeah. exactly. <laughs> thing
1: was i was paranoid as well because i had a lot of film and i was thinking do i really want to leave this because i was just i wasn't in a i wasn't like living it up li- l- luxury style you no, know i was no. in sort of uh, an apartment maybe you know but <clears throat> like i don't want to you know what if i come back and it's all missing yeah and, yeah. and it, it's medium format so it's rolls of film that are like this big like that and so i was just keeping them in the boot of the car not a good idea no that's not a great time, idea
0: in either <laughs> yeah.
1: but also I was paranoid about things like coming through x-ray machines yeah with it if I just come back and it's all wiped or it's White, got a problem yeah. I mean I've only had it once where there was like this repetitive x-ray mark on some film
0: yeah
1: that Time, but what I'm saying is it doesn't when you don't know you're like oh my god what if it all gets damaged um, so but yeah
0: You know, I was, I was. uh... What what was the uh, what was the craziest? I mean, because you were you were there for the whole Manumission thing, and you know Manumission Hotel when I guess all people like Derek Delage were there, and you know it was an ex brothel and all of that kind of stuff, and um, you know Manumission were up to all of their antics. Yeah. uh, What and and that's when. You know there was, uh, you know, people were having a good time. Let's just leave it at that. What yeah. what was the what was the absolute maddest thing you saw that you <laughs> that you can remember? <laughs> wow. What? Oh. <laughs> what did she say? it.
1: Uh, no, that was that was another. That was mouse, wasn't it? No, that was Claire. Oh, oh, I can't. Do you know what? I've got a very bad memory, but Amanda in the other room's reminded reminding yeah. me of something. Um, that Claire did with some bunting oh, right. uh, from Claire mentioned place. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so but um but but <laughs> but you know the so the Manumission Motel was definitely a place of um it was wild. I mean i think it used to be a brothel. Yeah and then yeah, it, is, it yeah. was on the crossroads Someone's of Jesus. so they would say on the cross of Jesus, you know and uh, it was a it was a wild place. And so I mean we've it's like Jay Jagger there doing karaoke on stage. I think literally it's just and it's just like a matter of fact sort of yeah. thing. Um, but what is the weirdest that I mean, some of the weirdest stuff is when, you know, I I was um I wanted to photograph Manumission. Manumission was the biggest nightclub in the world. Uh, ten thousand people every Monday night, um, huge amount of people. I wanted to take an aerial view of that and so I, I I thought it'd be great to get up on top of the uh, gantry, photograph down. But it was pretty dangerous. It was like very dark up there. It's high. Mm. Health and safety potential nightmare.
0: Mm.
1: And so they were they were like, oh, it's all right. You know, we'll get twenty four hour Dave to take you up there. <laughs> yeah, but you mustn't come, once he takes you up there. You mustn't come down on your own. He'll come and get you. <gasps> not come down. And I was like, okay, all right, all right. And so so I got up there and I was like oh blimey okay but I didn't have a watch on and I, and I was and Happy Mondays were playing that night on stage and and I was like it's been a while I <laughs> <laughs> was stuck and up here to get to this place it was literally where they would put the the cables it, it wasn't really even a walkway it was not a proper you know or lit walkway and so I was like oh my god I'm you know, this is pretty pretty dodgy. I've got to try and make my own way back.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So bit by bit I managed oh, really? to get, get alpha there. And then of course Dave had totally forgotten all
0: yeah. about Well he disappeared with your journalist friend, didn't he?
1: <laughs> I mean he was a real character. There's so many characters that were in a bit.
0: sadly twenty
1: four hour Dave isn't with us anymore. There's so many characters out there. I mean there's just mad there's just mad stuff, but any at any given time something Odd could happen. This, this whole list of it, really, yeah, in my mind. Yeah, yeah. it's too big one a question, time, again, isn't it? <laughs> no, but one, one time I was in space, and this guy just tried to wrestle the camera out my hand. He thought I was photographing him. I was photographing Sonic and Alfredo yeah. down car. and he was like, "No, no, no, you're trying to photograph me!" And I was like, "No, calm down." And so Sonic and came over, calmed him down. God. She's like, and then, then consequently over that trip. I saw that guy so many times, and by by,
0: by the end of that, he had a broken leg. He <laughs> was he was crazy, guy. So he was just yeah. offering everybody out, whether they had a camera or anything. Potentially, he
1: uh, <laughs> who knows what he was doing in that club. I don't know,
0: <laughs> saying anything. But but I suspect
1: that he he, he thought I was photographing him.
0: For, you yeah, know,
1: yeah, reasons or something. He but sounded I, like he was getting a bit by, paranoid. Yeah, but, but you know, but by the end of it, he he, he thought he was my best mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Follow, well, followed you home.
0: Go no away. <laughs> we can hang out now. Brilliant. All right. That's, yeah. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, we're, we're gonna we're we we're, we're gonna have to wrap up wrap up now. And one of the um one of the things that uh, it because it, keeping on the theme of three is a magic number. So we've had we've had three bits of art really from you. We've had the two tracks which are amazing, and we've had the the picture by Danny Lyons. So we've done our three there. Um, and, and the final bit of the interview is three bits of advice um, that you can give, and let's say three bits of advice for, you know, young, maybe young people starting out, might not be sure whether to do something or not, but three bits of advice to get into the world of, you know, um, creativity, photography, music, just generally, you know. Yeah. Well,
1: I thought this is an important question, so I've actually yeah. written it down. Okay you know i thought you know because i think first and foremost you've got to try and be true to yourself so listen to yourself because you know you're using the medium to express yourself that's the in an ideal sense that's what it is yeah. of course some people are not like that some people are you know they just literally do what is asked of them but ideally that's not what the, the relationship is it's you expressing yourself and getting involved in things that you're interested mm-hmm. I- interested mm-hmm. in, yeah. and that that is what will keep you um, the long the long haul the long mm-hmm. term mm-hmm. because because otherwise you know life is should be a long situation you know? yeah. it should be you're thinking of it as a long trajectory and you want to try and um, work it out so you're doing what you want to do, I think. So that's mm. the first bit of advice. Yeah, one. one. yourself. The, the second one, you've got to work hard,
0: mm. you've
1: got to mm. work hard. It's not going to be easy. Some people, they get good connections, it is easy to mm. a point. Sometimes if it's not hard as well, So some people, if they get it easy, then they kind of peter out because they get lost and they yeah. don't know how to, how to then take it any further mm. it's, it's mm. gonna be it's, it should be hard mm. as well um, mm. you know I mean, it sounds weird saying that but no it makes you got to, sense yeah you've got, you got to try and push push forward um, and the, the final one is you have to dare to be different mm. because that will make the difference mm. Mm. because you want to stand out from other people you know you as a unique person will do that Mm. but you've got to then in some sort of way present that to people as a a kind of fresh and new thing yeah Or you can slip into a kind of more mechanical operation Mm. so So that's not to in any way diminish anyone at all because there there is a place for everything mm. but for me being like um an automaton Mm. isn't is not what it's about. No. That's that's just not. I'm not interested in it. Yeah. I don't just be like the teapot person who yeah. photographs the teapot. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be just like that because mm. it's got going mm. into that. Mm. I don't want mm. to do that. And so that's something different to the photography that I do and mm. I aspire right. to do in the future as well. So um, so yeah. So I think I think that's that's it. So and then that that difference can can even be in a, um, a small individual sense as well so whenever you go somewhere if you're doing something think well how can i make this different to what mm. is
0: on yeah thinking about
1: it mm. is the thing that will give you the edge the edge
0: yeah yeah those are three really really good bits of advice so uh, yeah thanks for that and so uh just to wrap up what have you got coming up next dean even though we're you know well house bound, but you know, yeah. what's coming up? What's on the horizon? Yeah, well there's there's some editorial things that as I say we shot
1: beforehand that are gonna be coming out. Um so keep an eye on um things like the observer. Okay. Okay.
0: Got it. Ah. That's fine. <laughs> <on. laughs>
1: um, there's an exhibition that was we were gonna present before all this, the lockdown thing happened called All Kinds of Naughty that is a collective of twenty different artists, all different disciplines: um, some photographers, sculptors, milliners, writers, all reflecting on Ian Dury and his life and lyrics. Oh, amazing. am going to present that in five different galleries. Uh, that's all been shelved till next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to bring a book out. Okay. For that. So I'll put it on my socials and all that sort of stuff. Okay. But yeah, so so that's all kinds of naughty. Um, I'm thinking about you know what's going to happen, what's going to happen when we unscrew the hatch and stick our heads out, you know even at the moment, you know just going to the shops a big major deal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but you know once we once we go what's it going to be like? what's yeah. the landscape
0: yeah yeah, we're not,
1: yeah. We're going to learn we're gonna to have to adapt, we're gonna to have to think about things, but not lose ourselves within that, and I have to say. You know, I, it does annoy me sometimes about the kind of things of like people are telling you you've got to do this or got to do that. You know, I'm, I'm sort of doing that now. I don't mean to. Yeah. I'm just trying to say there's other ways. Just you know, even if people hate what what I'm saying, for example, it will make them think about something. And yeah, so definitely. So I I don't want to be all sort of like preaching and stuff, and and I certainly I'm not one of these people that does National Beard Day or anything no, like
0: that.
1: No. <laughs> I'm, I am mean, more. I'm, you know, only child, so I mean, yeah. right, through that thing, but, but yeah, I did, I'm, I'm thinking, well, it will be interesting to see what happens once we emerge.
0: Yeah, and indeed. Things
1: go, and things will change, everything will change.
0: Indeed, they will. So, Dean, on that note, um, it was really great to talk to you, really interesting interview, um, thanks for being our guest. Um, and- oh, good. Can I just say a couple of absolutely you know, far away? I, I just
1: definitely love to thank all the NHS people and all that sort of yes, stuff. Yeah, likewise. Just, yeah. You know, I know everyone says it, but I'm just saying all the people in the NHS, all those key workers, all the, even you know all all the people working food shops, corner shops.
0: Yeah.
1: All those sort of people, but also not forgetting people have to make these big old decisions. It's very easy for us to kind of go. Oh well, you know we're just going to do what the thing is. But to make those decisions, I mean, mm. oh,
0: Front line. do you know what I mean? So
1: yeah, I've got to say there's a lot of thanks to everyone out there, and and also it is crazy times, and just hope that you know out of out of it all comes something in some sort of way
0: positive. I yeah, I will drink to that. Brilliant, Dean. It's great to awesome. talk to you. You too. And um, we'll speak soon. See ya. See ya, everyone. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Dean. Good. Bye. the magic number